0: Welcome to At The Crossroads Church weekly podcast. Our hope is that you will grow in your walk with God and be blessed and encouraged in your daily lives as you listen. You can visit us at our website at atthecrossroads.ca. Good morning, everyone. So happy to see you this morning. So today's topic is fear. So um, as we begin we are going to, I'm going to tell you that I looked up some synonyms of fear. And I'm not going to give you all of them because there's a lot, but there's some that I just want to highlight. And some of them are anxiety, stress, and worry. Those are all fear. So when we feel anxiety and stress and we start worrying about things, we can now recognize that we need to deal with fear in our life. So as we're going along, I'm just going to give you a few definitions of fear. So first, I'm going to define fear as an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous, likely to cause pain or a threat. So let's look at the word belief. Belief is defined as an acceptance that a statement is true or that something exists. Trust, faith, or confidence in someone or something. So we need to ask ourselves if what we believe about something or someone is true. And the reason we need to ask ourselves this is because fear is not just an emotion, it is sometimes a spirit sent to torment us. And the way the spirit of fear torments us is through our thoughts. So 1 John 4:18 says there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So we see here that fear involves torment. And let's look at how the spirit of fear torments us and how we can combat it with faith because the opposite of fear is faith. So Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. When you have faith, you are willing to take a risk because you have hope that the outcome will be good. Without faith, it's hard to accomplish anything because fear holds you back. Fear looks at the negative and has no hope for the future. Now, I heard a quote on UCB. It said, worry is a dark place where the negatives develop. And I have found that true. If we worry about if we can do something or not or worry about failing or worry about anything else, then that is coming from a spirit of fear. Now, Pastor Peter here, he said something and I thought I'd include it because I really liked it. It said, he said, both fear and faith project into the future and want to be a prophetic voice for your life. So we so anyways, I just I really like that because because fear and faith you can choose which one you're going to follow. Yes, both faith and fear project into the future and want to be a prophetic voice for your life. So which one you choose is going to be the, the direction you're going to go. Uh, so we can have thoughts from the spirit of fear that say, I can't do that. What if I fail? But faith says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is Philippians 4.13. Now, as an inventor, Thomas Edison, he made thousands of unsuccessful attempts at inventing. And I read an account of Edison's friend and associate saying to him, Isn't it a shame that with the tremendous amount of work you have done, you haven't been able to get any results? Edison turned on me like a flash and with a smile replied, Results? Why, man, I have gotten lots of results. I know several thousand things that won't work. So Thomas Edison, he had hope that he would succeed, and that faith carried him to success. Fear says, I will get heart disease just like my dad or mom. In Psalm 103, verse 3, we see that faith says that God will forgive all my iniquities and heal all my diseases. Fear can cause disease in our body, but as we recognize, repent for, and renounce participating with fear, we can be healed. And in our Highway to Wholeness course, we talk in greater detail about that. Now, fear wants to steal your identity by keeping you afraid of what other people think or whether you'll be successful or accepted or even if you have what it takes to do what God is calling you to do. Now, Moses, he didn't understand his identity or destiny in Christ. In Exodus 3, verses 10 to 12, God says to Moses, Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? So he said, I will certainly be with you, and this shall be a sign to you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. So fear-filled thoughts are anything that we can't trust God with. Here God is asking Moses to trust him and encouraging him that he will be with him. It's at this point he had to make a choice to believe and trust God through faith or stay in fear and not move ahead with what God had destined him to do now jeremiah 29:11 says for i know the thoughts that i think toward you says the lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope god's plans for us are always to walk in his peace looking forward to our future Speaking the truth about your identity and destiny will move you from fear to faith and propel you into what God has for you. Now, years ago when I was in my 20s, I I uh, read a book by Neil T. Anderson, and it just really changed my life. And so he has a ministry called Freedom in Christ, and he has something called Who I Am in Christ. And um, so I'm just going to give you a little bit of an outline of what this is. So there's basically three topics that he goes through. The first one says, I renounce the lie that I am rejected, unloved, or shameful. In Christ, I'm accepted. God says, and then he lists some verses with some I am or I have statements. And an example is, I am God's child. And the next one says, I renounce the lie that I'm guilty, unprotected, alone, or abandoned in Christ. I am secure. God says, and then again, he has verses and I am, I have, I can statements. So like, I am free from condemnation. And then the third one says, I renounce the lie that I am worthless, inadequate, helpless, or hopeless. In Christ, I am significant. God says, an example is, I am the salt and light of the world. So this is a really amazing resource. If you find yourself struggling with your thoughts and who you are and your identity... And I really recommend that you take this and you say it out loud. It will change your life. So what I've done is I've put a copy over there for you to look at on the table. And if you'd like one, just sign up and I'll get one to you. I can either email you a link or I can print a copy out for you. So if you want to email, just put your email address on there. But this is a really valuable resource. So um, So now fear says, what will they think about me? Or they don't like me. But faith says, I know who I am in Christ and what he thinks of me. So, did I? So, then, so then we're going to go on to the next definition of fear. Um, it's an unpleasant, often strong emotion caused by anticipation or awareness of danger. We see that the spirit of fear can get you thinking about and anticipating things that may or may not happen. These are often thoughts that start with, what if, or I may get. So like, what if they don't like me, or I may get sick. We also anticipate things by having conversations in our head with people about things we are concerned about. This often promotes fear, and those conversations are likely never even going to happen in real life. This is the ploy of the spirit of fear to keep you in fear and keep you from trusting God. And I know this firsthand because I have been through this in my life, and it is really great when you get freedom in this area. Mm -hmm. So we're going to look at, um, the last definition we'll look at is a feeling of anxiety concerning the outcome of something or the safety and well-being of someone. So we can stop being anxious by following Philippians 4, verses 6 to 8. Which says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and petition, uh, or prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of a good report, if there is any virtue, Or if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. So we defeat anxiety by changing our thoughts and only allowing what Philippians 4, verse 6 to 8 says. It also says that God's peace will guard our hearts and our mind. 2 Timothy 1, 7 talks about us having a sound mind. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and of love and a sound mind. Now I looked this up and on this website renner.org and I found an article about this verse which was speaking about what a sound mind means. The phrase sound mind comes from the Greek word sophroneo and here's a snippet of the article. When the words sozo and "froneo" are compounded into one word they form the word sophronophoro <laughs> which pictures a mind that has been delivered rescued, revived, salvaged, and protected, and is now safe and secure. Thus, even if your mind is tempted to succumb to fear, as was the case with Timothy, you can allow God's word and the Holy Spirit to work in you to deliver, rescue, revive, and salvage your mind. This means your rationale, logic, and emotions can be shielded from the illogically absurd, ridiculous, unfounded, and crazy thoughts that have tried to grip your mind in the past. All you have to do is grasp hold of God's word and his spirit. So our minds are renewed into right thinking by reading and meditating on God's word. So um, I just wanted to to uh, say this in the, as my closing thought the spirit of fear can come from generational spirits of fear watching horror movies or tv shows that promote fear the news media is full of fear and sometimes we believe that bad things that happen to other people will happen to us So we need to be very careful what we allow into our lives because the things we see and hear go into our heart and not only affect us emotionally, but spiritually as well by opening the door for the spirit of fear to come in.
1: Excellent. I hope you're soaking that in. So what I want to do, uh, just kind of taking off from here, is, is just kind of carry on with, with an example. And, uh, and what I'd like to just draw out of the example that I'm going to give you is that faith has a process. As Anita was saying there, the opposite of fear is faith. And so, but faith has a process, and sometimes we fail to stop and, and really consider that. Sometimes we fail to really stop and, and see how that works. And I want to I talk to you about a story I'm sure that most of you are familiar with. And we've all heard about David and Goliath, right? And uh, how David faces this great uh, giant of a person. And himself, you know, just being a youth, uh, being one who's not really experienced in war uh, like Goliath is. And I think every one of us can identify with that. Every one of us would look at David and say, yeah. I, I he's he like he's a hero like I look up to him and uh, and I appreciate what he's what he's done what he accomplished uh, but oftentimes we we don't realize that you know what we can be David's too we can actually step in and, and walk in the same faith that David had um, you know in in first Samuel chapter 17 where we find this story of David and Goliath um, we're going to start in verse 32 and as you know, uh, Goliath, he's been cha- he's been challenging the Israelite army for some time, and he's been calling out to them and said, "You know, bring me a man that will face me in battle, and and if he can defeat me, then we'll be your servants." And uh, he's uh, he's cursing by his gods, and he's he's uh, defying the armies of the God of Israel, and so then, um, you know, David he's, he comes along and he says. Uh, Then David says, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. So David comes along because he's left the sheep and his father has sent him to go and see how his brothers are doing because his brothers are there with the army fighting. And he hears this Philistine, he hears Goliath get up and and give his taunt. And he says, let no man's heart fail. You know, the word there uh, in the Hebrew for fail, it means to fall. And it actually also has a connotation with it meaning to fall prostrate. And, you know, does not fear, you know, and you've probably experienced this in your own life, does fear not at times get you to fall down prostrate before it? It tries to get you uh, to worship it and, and tries to get you to bow down to it. And that's what uh, that's what the enemy is always trying to do. The spirit of fear that Anita was speaking about there is trying to get us to fall down. Well, the next, dec- and then we find in the next verse that um, Saul calls David aside, and and finds out who he is, and then he says, "You know, you're not able," he says, "to go and to fight this giant. You're not able to go and fight Goliath. Uh, you're just a youth, and he's he's a man of war from his youth. You know, he's used to warfare. He's used to battle." Oftentimes, you know, in fear, we'll find fear speaking through other people because that was actually fear speaking through Saul in that moment, saying, you're not able. You, you can't do this. You can't accomplish this, right? And so fear is trying to speak through Saul. Now, in a situation like Goliath, you know, David was facing a pretty pretty monstrous uh, situation here. Uh, you might We could look at that and say, well, you know, there's probably some practical wisdom there, right? and there's lots of times where people will speak into our lives and yes there's some practical wisdom that we need to draw from what they're saying to us but in this situation the 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 discernment that comes for David and comes for us out of this story is that Goliath was defying the armies of the living God so you know he was standing up against what God was doing and that is always a marker for you, as it was for David here, when you need to stand up and, and be bold and, and learn to walk by faith and not let that fear, uh, that voice of fear, whoever it may be coming through or however it's coming, even sometimes just in your thoughts, um, is that when, when there's something against the ways of God that are trying to prevail over you or somebody around you that you may be even battling for. Uh, is to realize that that is the time to stand up. It's not the time to bow down. There's no practical wisdom uh, that's being brought forth here. You just need to to stand up. The other application we find coming out of this um, time when David is facing Goliath is that even before he comes to this place to face Goliath, to face this this fear, uh, as we're talking about this morning, is he has to face a lot of other battles to get there. And, you know, that's the way God works in your life and my life, is you face battles on the way to facing the big one, whatever your Goliath might be, uh, is, and it's preparing you. It's causing your faith. You know, the Scripture talks about us going from faith to faith. And so it's in those times that God is preparing you. And so we find here, of course, uh, as we just read with, with Saul, you know, Saul's saying, you're not able to go and face this giant. And so David has to overcome, right, that, that uh, negative thought that's coming against him, that fear trying to speak to him. Previous to him coming to Saul, um, when he's hearing about Goliath's taunt, he's asking people, what's, what's going to be done? What does, what's the king of Israel going to do for the man who stands up against this guy? And his big brother Eliab hears David inquiring about this. And he goes to David, and he says, what are you doing here? I know you've left those few sheep and, uh, in the wilderness, and you've come here just to watch the battle. And, and, and so, you know, his big brother is giving him a hard time. But David, so David has to overcome that now, right? But what he doesn't do, he doesn't say, oh, you're just, you're always putting me down. You're always, like, giving me a hard time about everything. You never support me in anything I do, right? That's accusation. And it's interesting, you know, David doesn't go there. And, you know, a couple Sundays ago, I know um, Pastor Travis spoke on accusation, right? But David didn't go there. He just simply said, he said, is there not a cause? Right. Then he turned to the other person and he went on. But that was his response. Is there not a cause? And so when there's a cause, you need to stand up against the fear. You need to stand up against those things. You need to overcome uh, that battle. And then the next step that David faces as he's coming and approaching Goliath is Goliath looks at him, and he, he's, he, he looks around, he sees this young kid coming at him, and he's looking around. He says, you know, am I a dog? You come at me with sticks and stones? And the scripture there says that Goliath derided him. He disdained him. He belittled him. How often does faith try to do that in your life and my life? or sorry, fear, try to do that in your life and mind. It tries to belittle us, right? It tries to tear us down. And, and, and Goliath said to David, he said, am I a dog? You know, in other words, what, what Goliath is trying to say, he's trying to say, look at me. Like I'm a, mo- I'm a, I'm a massive man here. I mean, who are you compared to me? And, and fear will always try to do that in our life. It tries to get us to compare ourselves with other people, and, and try to get us to feel belittled, tries to get us to feel worthless, and, and to cause us to not want to stand up to the situation. So these are the battles that David faced, and these will be the battles that you and I face if we want to grow in our faith and if we want to stand up against those giants that come against us in our own life. You know, it's interesting here that when Saul said, to David, you're you're only a youth. You're not able to go and face him. What David didn't do is he did he didn't just say, "Well, you know, I believe in God. I believe that God is going to keep me. I believe that God is is going to uh, help me in this." Now, of course, David did believe that. David did think that. But what he did instead of just saying that, he drew on his past experiences, and he said to Saul, he said, well, when I was tending uh, my father's sheep, uh, a lion came against a lamb and took him in his mouth and went after him. And so I went after him and got the lamb out of his mouth. And when the lion turned on me, I struck it and killed it. And he said, your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. This is really important for us to know is because David isn't just saying you know, I believe that God's going to keep me. Because that's often our response in a lot of things in life. We, we'll say that to another person. Yeah, I, I'm just trusting God. And that's good. But that has to be built on past experiences. And that's where David comes from. He, he, he draws on these past experiences. And that's his, his resume, if you will, that he puts forward to David uh, or to Saul and saying, you know, I've had these experiences where God has helped me. And so he's basing uh, his faith and that God is going to be with him based on those past experiences. And, you know, people need to have experiences to change. If, if you're going to grow in your faith, you need experiences to change. And people, uh, maybe if they're going through something in life and they, they go see a counselor or something, and all that's good, but, you know, talk therapy itself doesn't work. You know, it, it can encourage you a bit but you still have to have the experience. There has to be more than talk in order for you and me to grow in our faith. And that's why you need an experience. You need to step out in something. And, um, and so for David, what this looked like was he's, he's at home with his father and he's tending the sheep. He's looking after the sheep and he has a job. He has a responsibility. And his job, is to feed those sheep and to protect those sheep. And we can see from what David shares about his experiences and how there's an attack of the enemy, which is a lion and a bear coming at him. He takes his job seriously, you know, and he he puts his life on the line uh, to rescue those sheep uh, when that happens. You know, God will always, when he calls you and me to something, whatever our job is, whatever our responsibility is, he'll always give you authority to be able to accomplish that. And he'll always uh, develop in you a skill set to be able to do that thing that he's called you to do. But fear will always try to get you to, will always try to keep you from, you know, stepping out in that experience, having that experience that's gonna allow you to grow in your faith. And to implement those things. You know, when you're in the midst of something like that, just like David was here, um, there's emotions that come up. You know, I don't think that we should think for a moment that David didn't have certain things rising up in him or thoughts that came to him that he had to battle. Just like we've already heard about with Saul saying you're not able and his brother coming against him. But, um, you know, we have certain emotions because we have beliefs. You know, beliefs... Uh, create emotions, and emotions will drive your behavior. Because when you're really feeling something, you start responding according to what you're feeling. So, of course, this morning we're talking about this emotion of fear, which we also know uh, can ultimately have a spirit behind it that tries to drive it. And and the important you need the thing you need to watch about when you when you're having emotions is that you bring those things to God. You lay those things before the Lord. Because if you're someone who, you know, you struggle with maybe a drug use or, or alcohol, or sometimes it's not even chemical. Sometimes it can be certain behaviors that we we implement in our lives to try and deal with, in this situation, fear in our life. But other things, we, we have certain behaviors that we do to try and cope with things. And... When you bring those things in, what it does is it, it tries to anesthetize. It tries to desensitize your ability to feel that thing. But the reality is in order for you um, to heal, you have to feel because your emotions um, are the pathway, are a pathway for your healing. Because when you're feeling something, it's revealing what you're believing in. Right, it's just like Anita was saying earlier about if you're having fear or if you're having faith, you are projecting into the future because you are believing something. You're either believing in the fear, or you're you're having your faith and you're believing in God uh, that He has your future in His hand. And so, so we don't want we don't want to desensitize ourselves by by trying to take hold of other things that are going to try and what we think is to help us to cope uh, with this thing that we're facing. Uh, but we need to f- to feel those emotions so that we're made aware of what our belief is in that moment. And then we direct ourselves to God. You know, that's the beautiful thing about the Psalms. You read all the Psalms that David wrote, right? He's, he's pouring out his emotions to God. and But he always ended in faith. David always ended in faith. He allowed his emotions to bring him and, and he submitted those things, and he, he submitted his, his weaknesses, and he submitted what he was believing in in that moment to God. And then he just trusted in God, and then he stepped out, you know, in these things. And, of course, here, you know, he, he ends up stepping out in Goliath. Uh, as you may recall in this um, David facing Goliath, is Saul tries to clothe him when he's going to let him go against the giant. He tries to clothe him in his own armor. And, of course, David kind of tries it on, and it doesn't work for him, right? Of course, it doesn't fit. And he says, I can't, I can't wear these. I haven't tested them. You know, faith uh, it always has to be built off of what you've tested. And, again, that's why I want to come back and say it's important for you to have experiences in your life where you're tested. Because that allows you to build on that. It allows you to go from one level of faith to the next level of faith so that you can face uh, those fears that would come against you, come against your family, uh, come against your loved ones, so that you can step in and believe even on their behalf. 1 John four eighteen, 18, uh, as Anita brought up there, you know, about how it's love that casts out fear because fear has to do with torment, but perfect love casts out fear. And that just makes us aware of the importance of relationship. And it makes us uh, aware of the importance of love. Because whenever you're talking about love, it has to do, somebody has to be in relationship to be in love. And we know with David, you know, even before we come to this this chapter here where David is going to be facing Goliath, uh, we know he was a man who loved because he was a worshiper. David was a worshiper. And, you know, he was a worshiper. He, he could so get into worship, and he could so could overcome uh, fear and so many other things in his life because he was in worship, because he was in love, and he was in relationship with God that they actually called on him to bring him to King Saul because King Saul at this time in his life uh, was dealing with fear in his life because he wasn't walking with God, he wasn't being obedient to the things that God had called him to. And so he ended up being tormented by this spirit of fear in his life. And so they call on David because they find out he's a worshiper and he knows, you know, how to move in that. And so while he's worshiping uh, before King Saul, the spirit would leave. The spirit would depart from Saul. And, and the problem was it was only temporary. But in that moment, David's able to make this spirit move because he's able through his worship and through this relationship that he has with God uh, he's able to shift Saul's thoughts and what he's thinking, what, what, how he's projecting into his future. But the problem with Saul was that he didn't take hold of that relationship himself. And so it was always only temporary for him. And so it, it's so important for us to be in this relationship, you know, with God. And we know from Ephesians chapter 6 that, that part of... Our armor is a shield of faith. That's one of the parts of the armor, is shield of faith. But you know that shield of faith comes out of your relationship. It's interesting, actually, if you look at all the parts of the armor. There, you know, the breastplate of righteousness, shodding your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. It always, it's always connected with righteousness. Because what is, what is peace unless you know you have a relationship, you feel safe with somebody else, right? And so faith, likewise, here. Uh, is a shield that you have because you're in this relationship with God. And it's interesting, uh, in Genesis chapter 15 and verse uh, 1, the Lord comes and speaks to Abraham here in a vision. He says, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceeding great reward. See, God said to him, I'm your shield because Abraham, as we know, Abraham was the father of faith, the scripture says. And he's a father of you and me in regards to our faith. And so it's because Abraham was a man who trusted God that, that God became his shield. So when it says here in Ephesians that, that faith is our shield, it's really God himself that is becoming your shield, my shield. Because we're, we're in this relationship, we're in this place of love with him. And again, just an, an encouragement why it's so important for us to take time out of, our, out of our day to get alone with God, to be in his presence, and, and to worship him, and, and to push back all those things that fear is, is trying to bring back. You know, there's some things that, that only you can do in a relationship. And in your relationship with God, there's certain things that you have to do. You know, lots of times when we're facing things uh, in our life, we just we pray and say, God, would you do this? Would you take care of this? And it's like God says, well, I'll do my part, but I want you to do your part. You know, I want you to step out uh, and do this particular thing. And uh, just a simple little example here. Um, I remember when I was proposing to Anita. And uh, I, I had bought the ring, and we were going to this Christian concert that was happening in Kingston, and I had it planned out. I had my little speech I was going to say, and, um, and I came with this ring and came to pick her up at the door. And, and then I started my little speech, and then I'm going to give her the ring to put on her finger, and I start like, I start shaking and everything. You know? <laughs> it's like, But I felt nothing. The, what, the reason I'm telling you is because previously that I was excited about doing it, and, and that sort of thing. and But I felt nothing. I didn't feel any fear. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of it, I, 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 this fear comes up in me. You know, sometimes when you have to step out and initiate something, things come up in your heart that you didn't know were there. And and I think for me, in that particular circumstance, just one thing was I was initiating something that I had to do. Like, obviously, Anita couldn't propose to herself, Right. She, so I had to propose, and that's the way it is with you and the Lord. There's things that, that you have to do, and it's in, in doing that, in having that experience that God is constantly building this faith in you so that you can defeat giants. And trust me, right now, we got tons of giants out there, you know, that, that people need you standing against. People need you standing up against those things that, that is trying to cripple them. That's trying to steal that abundant life that Jesus so wants uh, people to walk in. And I just want to close with this um, this, uh, this thought here about faith. Uh, as we found out with, with Abraham, you know, that he he he's the father of faith, and that God said he'd be sh- exceeding a great reward. But in James in chapter two, it says something very, really interesting here. It says, was not Abraham, our father, justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? So he's going through an experience here, right? It says, do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. In other words, it was made complete. It, it, it came into maturity. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God scripture was fulfilled. You know, that scripture that said that Abraham believed God happened like 15, some, 15 20 years before when he was believing that God was going to give him a son because he didn't have a son yet. Uh, him and his wife, Sarah, were both way too old uh, to have a child. But it, the scripture says he believed. But here, you know, we're finding that all these years later, it says the scripture was fulfilled that said Abraham believed God. So his faith, that's because his faith came into maturity because he went through, you know, all these other experiences, just like David. He went through all these experiences that helped him to grow in his faith. And so for you and me, if, if, if we're going to grow in our faith and if we're going to uh, stand against this fear, we have to realize there's a process to it. And I just want to encourage you. You guys can be and girls, and women, I should say. Uh, you can be Davids in our day. God is calling forth Davids in our day. God is calling forth Abrahams in our day that will stand up to these giants and, and not be afraid. And God's giving you and I the opportunity to have these experiences so that we, we can grow in our faith. So I just want to pray for you as we close this morning. And, uh, you know, if God's stirring in your heart and you're, you're seeing this morning, yeah, you know, I can see in this area of my life or God, Holy Spirit's just, you know, convicting you of an area in your life where you haven't been stepping out and, and God wants you to be stepping out. Um, you know, God is here this morning to help you to step out into that. And, and maybe you need prayer. And if afterwards you, you know, you'd like to come up for prayer, please feel free to do that uh, because prayer is such a huge part of us praying into those things so that we can step out in those things and and step forward in those experiences that God has for us. So, Father, I just thank you this morning for all those, God, this morning that are listening, those following us online. God, we thank you for, for you giving us your word, where you give us an experience of someone like David, Lord, who fought an incredible giant, and yet... It's in some ways, God, we can think it's just almost so unbelievable how some like that could defeat such a great giant. And yet, God, in this very day in which we're living, some people are facing giants that they think are just too big for them. But Lord, we thank you this morning that God that we know that no giant is too big for those who choose to trust in you. No giant is too big for those who come this morning and who just want to let you take control of their life. Lord, I pray for that one this morning. Maybe maybe they've never trusted you. Maybe they've never put their hope in you. But this morning God you're speaking to their hearts. And God your word declares that Lord, if we believe in our heart that you were raised from the death, from the dead that you overcame death, you overcame sin and that if we're willing to confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and just like we heard that and to grow in our faith we have to confess things we have to not be afraid to publicly declare those things Lord I just thank you that your word says that that person will be saved as they put their trust in you and Lord I just I just speak God faith I speak courage God over your people this morning that, God, that they will say yes to you and their experiences that are going to be coming up, that they're going to be facing in this week, the next month, things that some things they may know are coming, some things they may not even know that they're going to be facing. But that, Lord, that they can defeat that giant that seeks to be towering over them. And they can bring it down just with the simple things that they've learned to trust in, in you. Just as David just... Simply, he trusted in you, and just with a stone, he was able to bring down a great giant. And God, thank you for your people that you're raising up in this place. God, to go out and to defeat the Goliaths that are out there towering over other people. Father, just pray your blessing on your people as they go this week, and that, God, they'd just be encouraged to walk by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, God bless you as you go this morning, and have an awesome week.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope that you enjoyed our message. If you are in the Quinty West area, we would love to have you visit us on Sunday morning at 24 Dundas Street West, Trenton, Ontario. Check out our service times on our website at atthecrossroads.ca.